guess I should have came out here a little later. That feels kind of awkward, you know? Is everybody staring at you? Happy Father's Day, everybody. Um, great that you're here. Glad everybody's here. Uh, big thanks to the best dad here, my dad. Uh, it was probably hard putting up with a bonehead kid like me my whole childhood. So he did a great job, and he is an awesome dad. <clears throat> so last week and for the next couple weeks, we're talking about creation. Um, for creation, for some of us, we talked about the question of why even bother, what's it matter, and we talked a little bit last week about how it is a salvation issue possibly for many of us, and it can be a belief structure issue too, is not finding that the Bible is a God's word and that, that he doesn't inspire every word of it is an issue if you claim to be a Christian. That's going to be a failing point in your Christian walk. And so something I'd strongly to urge you to do this week is I'm going to graze through a couple of verses, just kind of uh, hit a lot of stuff. And if we were to read it all, it'd take forever. But if you would read through the book of Genesis or at least the first couple chapters this week, um, the verses that I kind of just glance through and go through, you can read those for yourself. And, and that's very important, especially because um, I'm not perfect. Always right. No, I'm not. I mess up because I'm a man and so men up here mess up. So you should be double checking this stuff, and especially as complex as this stuff is. Um, it's good to just dive into too because you need to come up with your own style of belief on this. And when saying that, we covered last week that I personally believe that every word of this Bible is true. That I will not argue with. That's what makes us Christians, okay? That's part of the Christian walk. But the other things that we talked about is some different beliefs in the structure of creationism, even through creationists, people like the, you that go to church. And we talked about the gap theory, the day-age theory, theistic evolution, things like that. I completely disagree with all of them. They have parts that are right, but I completely disagree with all of them. I believe in a 24-hour, Genesis 1-1 to Genesis 1-5 is one day. I believe that to be one single day, no big gap in between there. I don't believe any death came to the earth before Adam sinned. I don't believe any of those things. I believe God started it right then and there. And there's a lot of great Christian people who disagree with me on that. And that's okay. There's some things we can disagree about. There's other things that we just can't. Okay? And the mixture of science as far as creation versus evolution, the mixture of those two things to make the Bible correct, I think, is a falsehood. And I think that's a mistake of any Christian. We don't need to dumb ourselves down in Christianity to believe uh, inferior science. Just because science hasn't caught up to the Bible doesn't make us wrong or unintelligent. It makes them misled. And so we need to stick to our guns. Last week we talked about the origin of the planets. We talked about either the hot, dense matter, the ball that's floating around in space that kaboom, blows up, big bang, against God speaking it. My argument to you last week was that neither one of those are science. They're both belief. Because science is something that you can test, come up with facts, data, and come up with a conclusion that says these are the steps you have to take to get to this, this is how we can remake it. Neither one of those can happen for the Big Bang Theory or for me believing that God spoke it into existence. It is okay to have your own specific beliefs. And as Christians, that's what we do. We have faith and we believe things. Evolutionists do the exact same thing. And so it is a world-driven religion, not a science. It has science mixed into it, but it's not necessarily science. It's a religion of science. 
Moreover, I think it's a religion of man, man worshiping themselves as becoming the intelligent being. Now we're the elite, and we will be worshiped by ourselves. And we do that. Smart people, people bow down and worship them all day long. Just think when a doctor comes into a room, and he tells you to do this, tells you to do that, and 90% of the world says, okay, do it. They're smarter than us. They've done this. And most people don't double check, don't look into it. Because they're just so much smarter. They know so many big words. And then how many times do they make mistakes? Do we say that all doctors are horrible? Well, no. There's people in this room that have studied and spent their life uh, studying the science of arts, of uh, medicine. And I would go to them for those questions. We have two of them that come to our small group. They're both nurses. And those are the people I would ask questions to. Because I guarantee you they know way more than me. And they have it down packed. Does that mean they never make a mistake? Well, no. It's a practice, right, for a reason. Science is much like that, a practice. So today, we're going to study something even a little more crazy to me. We're going to study the origin of man. So we had the planets that were made last week. We talked about different laws, thermodynamics. There's another law, the second law of thermodynamics that we might cover today. There's a whole bunch of that stuff, and we learned that the laws are truth, 100% can't be broken, that's how it is. And now we're going to discuss where man came from. Now, the argument between us creationists and the argument between evolutionists is that we believe, day six, God says, let there be man. And he takes the dust to the ground, he forms it up, he breathes the breath of life into it, and Adam stands up. And God and Adam talk side by side. That's what we believe as creationists, as Bible believers, because that's what the Bible says, not what I say. The next step we're going to go into is see what evolutionists believe. Now, there might seem some validity to this conversation, because when you look around and they think, well, monkeys, apes, chimps, uh, they evolved, so they use the word evolve over billions of years, to become man. And some of you think, boy, I've seen a few knuckle draggers in my day. I feel like this could be a possibility. Some of you got that long sloping forehead and you walk kind of funny. So you think, man, there's something to that. I would argue that there is no validity to that at all. There is no scientific data to that at all. And we're going to cover that a little bit today, and we're going to go through some things. And there's a lot of this information, and there's a lot of stuff to go through. I hope to not drag on forever, but it's going to take us a little bit of time to kind of unravel some of this stuff. And so in doing that, like I said, please read through the book of Genesis this week, uh, at least the first few chapters, because we're going to be skipping over a few things. Genesis 1.1, we see God creates the heaven and the earth. And the earth was out form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovered across the water. And he comes and he makes the earth. Wham! There it is. It's covered in water. Here's there, day one. Then he says, light and dark will separate light and dark on the first day. So Genesis 1, 1 through 5, God creates the heavens, the earth, and divides light from dark. Not moon and stars yet. Light from dark. That's a good question to look up and figure out what light from dark is he talking about. Day two, we see the atmosphere created. In Genesis uh, chapter 1, 6 through 8, and let's read that. It says this in Genesis chapter 1, verse 6. Then God said, Let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that it, 
And that is what happened. God made the space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. God called the space sky, and evening passed, and morning came, marking the second day. Here's what we see that's different than now. God says he created the atmosphere. Now, we have to have an atmosphere for birds to fly, right? Our kites wouldn't fly in the air without the atmosphere. We'd all be probably ripped off the earth. Nothing would make sense if he didn't start here. So he creates the atmosphere, but an interesting fact that the Bible talks about here is the atmosphere actually having a canopy of water above it. And we're going to get more into that next week, but I just thought it was important to talk about today. That canopy of water would do many things. Like we talked about carbon dating last week. The carbon dating works off of the radioactive material that comes into our systems. This would be blocked by this canopy of water. Which would make sense why the lifespan of the people at that time, if you read Methuselah lived almost to be a thousand, that seems unbelievable. All pre-flood. So Methuselah lives to be a thousand. Adam lives to be 900 and some. These guys live a long time. The harmful rays of the sun were blocked by this canopy of water. We see that canopy of water dissolved when Noah says the, the windows of heaven opened and all that water came in. This interesting fact that NASA still uses those windows of heaven to launch spacecraft through in the ozone, and they still call it that exact same thing. So in day two, we see that happening. Day three, we see the lands, the seas, and the plants. Genesis 1, 9 through 13. God divides the waters from the land. He makes seas. He makes dry land. The plants come on. This is one of my argument last week. I was talking about uh, the gap theories or theistic evolution or day-age theory that... Day three, we see plants on the earth. Still no sun, still no moon, still no stars. Day four, the sun, the moon, the stars. It says the maze, the great light to rule the day and the weaker light to rule the night. It says we'll put the stars in the sky so that people can use them to navigate the earth. Sailors still learn the stars because they're immovable. So there it is. We're going to follow the North Star. That's how we know we're going to get home. I don't know how to do that, but there's, you talk to people who navigate the seas. They learn it because they, if their instruments fail in today's world, they have to know how to get home. So they know the stars and they know how to get direction. So the Bible says that's what happens in day four. Day five, fish and birds. All the critters, right? So all the fish in the sea, all the birds in the air. They're made. God speaks them into existence. He says, this is good. This is in Genesis chapter 120, verse 23. And we say that God creates all the living and creeping, crawling things and all the birds in the air. Day six is the day of man. Like we just talked about, day of man, Adam's made. Genesis chapter 1, 24 through 28. Man stands up with God's breath in his lungs. God says, let us make man in our own image. We're made like God in our own image. That's going to be important for our fourth week because you're made just like God. Like a father wants to create children. That's you. That's us, right? We are created in God's image. Also on that day, he makes the animals. Animals. So he makes the cattle, it says. He makes all the bigger stuff that cruise around on the earth. Here's something that I want everyone to kind of think about through this week. The biggest argument with creationists and evolutionists is the dinosaur argument. Where did these dinosaurs come from? Now we have a fossil record of dinosaurs. We don't have a transition record of dinosaurs turning into birds. Like if you watch Jurassic Park, I don't know if any of you 
like that type of show. But the guy who created Jurassic Park believed that dinosaurs turned into birds through evolution. And if you watch that show, all the predator type of animals, well, you know, the ones like this, raptors, T-Rex, and all that stuff, when they ran and moved, they swayed, and he made them to look like birds because that's what he wanted to show in his evolutionary process as part of that film. And there's people today that stick and hold to that fact that these animals became birds of some kind. And so that's why you listen to them in that movie Chirp instead of growl and roar as much. I mean, the T-Rex in that movie really screams it out, but it's a high-pitched squeal to perform like a bird because there's different science that believe different things. And so what we have is the dinosaurs being created on day six. And some of you are thinking, I'm not sure about that. I don't believe that actually happened. Next week when we get into the flood, we're going to talk about what I think happened to the dinosaurs, or at least different ideas to make you think that it's a possibility. But I do believe 100%, because this is what the Bible says, that day six, wham, right there, dinosaurs are on the earth. And how can that happen? How can a T-Rex that we know, like by the movies, because we've never actually seen one, how can he be standing right next to Adam and Adam's holding his hand? Oh, yeah, dinosaur. Most of us think that's ridiculous because they're so ferocious on TV. We look at them and they come through and they would wipe us out. One single bite, they'd tear us to pieces. That's not an argument. A lion would do the same thing if he was sitting in the room, but it says Adam's standing right next to him too. It doesn't matter if he's two stories tall or a 500-pound cat. These are dangerous animals. How do we live with them now? People still live with tigers. They still live with giant animals. Perhaps they were walking right next to each other. We're going to go into that more depth next week. Last day, day seven, God takes a rest. Oh, there's a few things that I think are very important to go through that God did in this creation, these steps of creation. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, God gives Adam a goal. He gives him a work ethic, and he tells him to go in. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Men were created to work. God knew that because he made you and he, needs, he knows that all of us need goals and we need something to work toward. He establishes work. He established rest. On day seven, God said, you need to take a break because look at me, I took a break. Many of us fail at that. And look at our society today, wore out, run down. Because many of us don't take a day to just stop. It's one of my worst things that I, I just never do. You gotta stop and take a break and just reflect on God and the goodness that you have. Spend time with your families. God established that in Genesis. In Genesis 2, 24, he establishes the relationship with a man and a wife. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. God establishes right then and there marriage. This is God's plan. In today's world, we're trying to redefine marriage and all these different things, and this is what God did. I believe that redefining is because people hate the God of this Bible, and so they want to see it become something different. That's not an attack on those people, because I don't think that all those people are hateful people or vengeful, but I believe that that's what that was started for, and these are the reasons for it. Because people hate this God, hate this book. And in Genesis 1, 29 through 30, we talk about food. He says, all the plants are good for you to eat, just the plants. All the animals eat just the plants. So if I believe T-Rex is sitting there, 
And Adam's holding his hand. He's not a meat eater. How does that happen? They say, look at his teeth. That's ridiculous to think that he's not going to eat meat. Has anybody watched a bear? I mean, bears eat a lot of fish. I understand that. This is, this is before sin. But bears mainly eat berries, bugs, all sorts of different things that they have them big, sharp teeth for. And they're over there crunching on sticks. Panda bear lives mainly on bamboo. It is possible with our sharp teeth to eat plants. And that's it. There's dogs that have, you can watch on YouTube. But this guy's a vegan, so he only feeds his dog vegan food. And guess what? Chow's right through it. So it's a possibility. So in that, I believe this. The age of the earth is six to 12,000 years old. Some people in here are thinking that's just crazy. The age of the earth and all those different things, there's sediment layers, there's all these different rock segments, there's all this different stuff that people think is just billions of years old. And it's funny, in one of the segment layers, there's all this sediment, right? And all this stuff is an age and a dispensation. So this layer of dirt and to this layer of dirt is a billion years. This layer of dirt to this layer of dirt, million years. And then they're digging along and they find a tree growing right through the center. Oh no, what do we do with that? Well, that just happened to be there. It's a really old tree. And then you cut it in half and you can read the rings right in it and it says it's a hundred and some years old. Nuts. Throw that one away. Let's start back here. Still a million years. Plane crashes, boom, goes into the ice in the WW2. And they're looking for this plane and they're saying each layer of ice, it's got all these layers. And when you take a, they take a, like a spear, they cut through it, pull it out and they look at each layer. And this one, this one's a million years, 100,000, million plane, whoops, two, the plane's in all of them. It's like, oh, that didn't work out. Throw the plane out, doesn't count. So there's a lot of false readings and it boils down to belief. You're just gonna have to, you can believe that way. That's, that's fine if you want, but it doesn't seem very scientific, especially when you see a tree in the middle and a plane in the middle and you got millions of years and this tree's 100 years old and this plane, well, we know when it crashed because the pilot's name's still on it and here he is dead. Nuts. So science doesn't always add up. I believe everything was by God's hand, and that's how it is. Now, we have quite a bit to go through on evolution. All of us here think we probably have a grasp on evolution. We've heard evolution, and we've studied it, or we've been involved in it, and so we'll go through some things that I feel like are very important. In 1859, Charles Darwin, uh, he's on a five-year tour, and he's on the Beagle boat and he's floating around and he's just doing some stuff checking some things out he's a natural scientist and he wants to see things so Charles Darwin calls up and he gets to the Galapagos Islands when he gets to these islands he notices and he's been taking track of all the different animals he sees through this whole trip he gets to the Galapagos Islands and he says man these seem to share a common ancestor with the other animals that I had seen that's odd then he noticed the primitive people dark skin still banging shells with rocks. He knows they're not evolved like he is. He says, oh, dark-skinned, primitive people. And these animals. And this Galapagos Island, see, it's not been touched by man. So how did they get there? Well, buddy, you came on a boat. Maybe they did too. But he says, man, how did they get there? He got these people. And so he comes up with this book. In 1859, he writes, The Origin of Species by Means of Natural Selection. And when you read the definition, it makes a ton of sense. Natural selection is a process. 
And so it makes sense, and people start buying into it. And in his words, he says, I feel like by telling people this, I've committed a murder. And the murder he was talking about is killing God. He said, because people are going to know that this is science and we are smart and we will kill God with this. He says, I'm weary to bring this point across, but it will do that. It will kill God. The author of this book knew what he was doing when he wrote it. He was getting rid of God. One thing I see from that is I can't believe as anything other than the white Aryan brotherhood here that you could believe in the evolutionary process because it teaches that as no matter what, as a dark-skinned person, you are not as evolved as a white man. So as dumb as I am, you Mexican, black, Puerto Rican, whatever, can't be as smart as the dumbest white guy. We're evolved more. I don't know how you can sell that to any person other than white people. But apparently, since the world was controlled by mainly whites in the European race at the time in science, eh, no problem, we can all buy into that. That's the way they thought anyways, we're still trading slaves. But today's world, how do the people like this believe that? That they're inferior? I struggle with that. I struggle with that 100% because I believe, see, everyone was made in God's image, no matter the color. Racism is wrong and it's a sin. So I see this book being a publication of hate, which eventually you'll see many times it has led to. Cool thing about Adolf Hitler is after he read that book, he decided to exterminate about 7 million people because he said he was doing nothing wrong but advancing his race. And in the evolution of people that to make his world better, he needed to remove the cancer that was destroying his world. Interesting. Under an evolutionary standpoint, he's doing nothing wrong. He's a hero. Might want to watch out what you believe there. And so he comes to that, sees the first people. He's not the first person necessarily to believe that. There was a guy named Jean-Baptiste Lamarck. He came up with a book about it. All different things. So what's the belief of evolution? The belief of evolution is this. 4.6 billion years ago, after the Big Bang, kaboom, here's the rock, the earth, spinning, it's going like this, and a bunch of stuff starts to happen. It starts to cool down because that hot, dense mass that exploded, bang, well, it's cherry red hot. And what do we know in the atmosphere when things start to cool? Boom, it creates gas, mixture. It creates all the clouds that we see, and all of a sudden, lightning, bang, bang, bang. Rain starts falling on the earth. And in this earth, there's this water, primordial soup is what they would call it. And this water starts to churn, and it starts getting shocked by electricity. Wham, wham, and we get all this electricity going, and next thing you know, we have enzymes, RNA, all this different stuff that's produced in this primordial soup. And so in the soup, guess what happens? Next, cells, DNA. Then we move from cells to cellular regeneration to amoebas. Amoebas decide they want to move on out. They're going to become fish, frogs, snakes. They crawl onto land. They decide it's time to move. They get up and go. Eventually we become monkeys, and now we're us. This is the basic idea of evolution. There are some problems with evolution. Much like they would argue problems with ours. But here are some problems with evolution. The single cell of a human, and I, I don't want to get this wrong, so I'll read what I got wrote down here. But uh, the single cell of a human is a billion, 
biochemical steps, one cell. Our one little self made of DNA that replicates, produces its own self, moves again, divides, all the different things that cells do. There's a billion of them. In 1952, Stanley Miller and Harold C. Urey produced amino acids through the way they believed evolution created the first amino acids. They take a cylinder, put it in a vacuum, and they put a specific arrangement of gases in it. And their specific arrangement was methane, ammonia, hydrogen, and water. They seal it in this tube, and they shock it, the electricity. Shock, shock, shock. They do it for a week, and guess what happens? A red film grows over top of the canister, and it is amino acids, and that is proof of evolution. They sit here and say, see this? It could happen. Now, any of you know about atmospheric conditions, how many of you right now, unless you're sitting somebody that had Mexican last night, are breathing methane? That doesn't necessarily be in our atmosphere. How about ammonia? Is our, are we breathing just ammonia? Well, no, we don't breathe just ammonia. You see, the thing is what they did is the atmosphere in which they created all scientists, even if you go on an evolutionary standpoint and read through the evolutionary journals, not even creationist journals, have taken this study in 1952 and said it's an impossibility because what we breathe is water, carbon dioxide, nitrogen. That's what the main three things that are in our atmosphere today. And so there's a failure there and they can't create it. One other failure that you're going to see here is the, the deal with the human DNA and the dividing and the changing of the human DNA, they've created the enzyme. That's not life. That's a building block for life. RNA, building block for life. They can replicate those things in tubes, but they have never once created one living cell and watched it regenerate, divide, reproduce, anything. With all of our science and all of our intellect, we have yet to reproduce one living cell. So the evolutionary standpoint of 4.6 billion years ago with all of it happening in a big electrical storm, with all of our science knowing exactly how electricity works, knowing exactly how these, uh, the RNA works, the enzymes works, and all those things, we cannot produce one living, healthy, living on its own cell that moves from one spot to another. They can't keep it going. There's a problem. Another problem you have is the missing link. We've all heard about the missing link. Piltdown Man. Has anybody heard of Piltdown Man? Piltdown Man was uh, found in uh, Sussex, England. And when he was uh, created in 1910 by Charles Dawson, he's in every science book around the world. He was supposed to be stricken out, and if you look him up today and you Google it, he'll be taught his truth still today on most scientific journals. It was known to be human skull, orangutan jaw, teeth filed down, and made to look real. After doing more testing, it came out to be 600 years old. No missing link. Nebraska man, look him up. He's going to be just like in the books, same guy doing one of these. Nebraska man, that was proof. Guess what? He's made out of pig bones. Scientific journal said he had to be taken out. There was a big I'm sorry put on. Still can find him in every science book. He's still there taught his truth. You have many things like this. Lucy. Has anybody seen Lucy? She's about this tall, little deformed, and this was the missing link. 
Found in the 70s in Ethiopia, we find Lucy, 40% complete skeleton, one of the biggest things they've ever found. They, don't, they forget to tell you that some of them were found a couple miles away, under 200 feet of rock. They didn't quite all match up. But they made them look good in the science books. Lucy, the missing link, this is how we became from ape to man, all false. Another problem with evolution, there's not one missing link that connects the two points. There is no monkey that you see walk by and he's kind of like got pants on. You're like, all right, I'm, taking, I'm ready to take the step. It doesn't happen. The latest thing they've come up with is this whale. The whale's six foot long. And they say, this is where all whales have came from. And then this is where man has came from. And the, the name's really long, so I didn't bother writing it all down. But it's, it looks like a little dinosaur with sharp teeth. And it's the new whale. Interesting enough is Darwin, when he wrote his book, before he was laughed to scorn for it, this is what he put as his theory and idea of how evolution would happen. A bear, we all know what a bear is. A bear sometimes will swim on the surface of the water when like the mayflies and other larvae are really thick and he'll hold his mouth open, he'll swim, and he'll eat all those bugs. In Darwin's book, The Origin of Species, he says this can be an example of how a bear wanting these bugs, eventually decide to get rid of his hands and get flippers. And with his mouth being open, it would eventually stretch wider and wider, and eventually he would lose his fur and his tail would start to grow bigger. And guess what he becomes? A whale! Charles Darwin wrote in his book that it hypothesized that a bear would become a whale. And they made him take it out. It seemed a little far-fetched. Perhaps the entire thing seems a little far-fetched. But this is what we've been taught to believe and understand, that this is who we are. We are evolved. And I would argue that that is not the case. There is no jump. There is no mixed ape man. That Lucy that they found, they eventually have found 200 uh, more bones just like hers, Arthropithecus. And they decided that maybe it's probably just an ape that went extinct. It is none of them have been part man and part ape that they, that they haven't created, like they did with Piltdown Man. Nothing is different or scientific. It is a belief. And it could be your belief if you choose. But I choose to believe that in six days, God created everything you see. He created man and woman. He created all the living creatures. He created the earth and the atmosphere. And he did all of those things because he loves you like a father loves a child. And he created us to be his children. He dotes on us because he loves us. He made us this world so we could flourish. He gave us jobs to do like to protect the earth and to take care of our wives. He did those things because we matter to him. Or you can believe you're nothing. The belief of being nothing more than an animal has led to many things, massacres of millions of people. School shootings where kids walk in and say things like, are you a Christian? Wearing Darwinian t-shirts. And ask yourself the question, if you're nothing more than an animal, then why does it matter? If my truth is what's truth, and I'm angry and can hurt you, then why not? This is the world that we will live in. And we know this to be a fact. Because in arguing with a guy, he was sitting there and he said, aren't you a Christian? And I said, yeah. Just me and him in a big, big warehouse. He says to me, well, I think you're wrong. And he starts letting me have it, why Christians are dumb. 
And I say a few things. I really hate arguing. It's not something I enjoy. So I just say a few things and say, what about this? And what about this? And he gives me an answer and gives me an answer. And we're going through it, going through it. And finally I said, uh, I believe you 100%. He said, you do? I said, yeah. I'm going to renounce everything I believe. And you've changed my mind. He said, wow, that's awesome. I said, but in doing that, you have frustrated me to no end. I says, I now hate you. So what I'm going to do is kill you. And he said, what? And I had a big pipe next to me. I pick it up and I say, I'm going to smash your head in with this pipe. And I'm going to kill you. And he said, well, that's not cool, man. I said, well, who says it's not cool? Didn't we just discover the strong survive? I said, your intellect's against my brute force. I guarantee I cave your head in. I said, what's wrong, with, what's wrong with that? You just told me it was okay. I said, or maybe you don't even believe that way, do you? I said, I believe in absolutes, and killing you is absolutely wrong. Which way is right? Well, I don't want to talk about this anymore. You have to have the right set of standards. Either God is absolutely 100% true, and we follow those laws, and those laws keep us from doing those things, rape, kill, murder, steal, annihilate. We believe that we are submissive to a holy God and so we get down on our knees and say we're sorry when we make mistakes or we are God. And in that case, everybody should start watching out because when people start really believing that I am God and I make my own decisions, I'll take whatever I want. And that's all of us, right? And they say the intellect is involved. I know a lot of crazy people that only stop doing things because the cops, cops catch them not evolve that much. So I'm going to read the same group of verses that I read last week in closing. It says this, they know the truth about God because he made it to be obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. He can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they know God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. This is a strong warning and in this battle against creation and evolution, we are stuck to believe if this is the truth, that God may abandon us and allow us to destroy ourselves. And if you've watched every great culture become unraveled, the first thing they did is give up on a holy God. They put in idolatry, harmed their own bodies, gave up on the marriage of God, give up on what he says about work, and they became worshipers of themselves. And then God said, I'll allow you to have what you want. And they destroy themselves. So is it important? You can break it down on a small level and say, man, in our family it's important, and our church is important, and our workplace is important, but in our country it's important. 
Or we'll end up like the same people that used to believe all these different things like Darwin taught. The Greeks were some of the first ones to believe that there was no God, that the animals we were created from, you know, our spirit animals, and they unraveled and were destroyed. They were given in. God said, okay, if you want those things, I'll allow you to have them. So what he doesn't want is for that to be us. So what we need to do is say this. We might not get it all, but God, we believe it all. So I hope this week that you'll read through that, read some different things, and try and figure out what you truly believe who God is in this creation story. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for being here with us. We just pray that you would uh, give us the strength to do what's right. Forgive us where we make mistakes. Lord, I just pray that we would just take you through the town and our family and, and just do something amazing through the week. Thank you for all you've done. In Jesus' name.